Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. This morning we are in the book of 1 Corinthians. Yes, you have to pull out your real Bible this morning or your phone app because Bo James is not here. <laughs> and we were doing good just to try to get things working, let alone trying to fix them. And Bo James, if you're watching right now, do not even try to throw it up there. Is he, is he moving it, Amy Jo? I'm just wondering. Okay. I just know him. I keep telling him, you're on vacation, you're on vacation, you're on vacation. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting with verse 18. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say, it's all nonsense. But... To those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Lord, this is your word today. Alive and active. And may it change us because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you look up the word foolish, when you're describing a person or an action, it's lacking good sense or judgment, something that's unwise. Have you ever done anything foolish in your life? (laughs) Amen. Thomas, I I don't know if y'all can get your mic, uh, Bo's mic working there. Share with us just shortly what your foolish story is. And sorry, Neil, this includes him as well, sort of. Yes, no, do you have a mic? If not, just speak really loud to us, but I wanted people online to be able to hear you. Hello? Hey, there, there it is. we are. There it is. There we are. What's your foolish story? All right. <laughs> I've um, got many more if you ask I've, me later, I've by the way. I've got all my brothers here so they can testify to this one, how stupid this was. Um, wait, 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 time out. What story do you think he's going to tell? Any idea? Which one? <laughs> Which one? That's not fair. <laughs> Brothers throw me under the bus on that one. Um, when I was probably about 15 years of age, there about it, um, I thought I could defy gravity. Um, and I was at the river, and there's great big boulders at the white mines. And bo- Brothers, are you all starting to see the... the the story starting to shape up here. Um, and I thought I could be Spider-Man or something. 
Superman and fly, I guess. I was jumping from one boulder to the next, but the problem was I was going to have to go across and up to the next boulder. And so there was a span between the rocks, and my chin connected as the only anchor point to keep me from plummeting to uh, an, an even greater injury possibly. But anyway, so I thought I could fly. And so I jumped. From one boulder to the next, and these are huge boulders, and I don't even remember the distance that I had to gap, but I thought I could jump the distance and increase my height of where I needed to end up. And uh, uh, needless to say, my mother was very disappointed in my brothers. Uh, when I got back home and there was blood all over my face and, and, and all over baby, my, my clothing and my, and my mother immediately jumped to the conclusion that my brothers had allowed me to do this, but it was my idea. So rather stupid, rather stupid. All right. So Thomas, by definition, was lacking good judgment on that one, obviously. Um, he overestimated his own physical abilities and thought he could fly and now has the scar to prove he cannot. So um, <laughs> that's what the goatee's for, to, to hide that little scar. But here's the deal. Not every foolish act, I'm sure many of you raised your hand at thinking of something foolish you had done. Not everything foolish is lethal to our life, right? Not everything could be that detrimental. Um, yet, still considered lacking good sense. Um, I'm going to share something with you today, but I need volunteers. I need people who like to eat. Do I've got three or four? Come on up, Dalton. You're great. Anybody else? I, I got plenty of forks. I, I need real volunteers. Come on. I need some brave ones. Paula, you might be the only person in here since Bo and Mandy ain't here to know what's fixing to happen. You saw it. Come on. Come on. Come on, Paula. No, come on, Paula. Come on, Paula. Who likes watermelon? Who likes watermelon? Does that help bring anybody else up here? Okay, so last week I put to work something I saw on social media. Thus, Paula's t-shirt, TikTok made me do it. Yes. So do you TikTok? A little, you, you watch it. You're a creeper at least, right? And I, I know you're a creeper. You creep my videos. Um, if you want to know the difference, there's creepers and then there's people that actually make videos. I actually make videos. These people watch them. So... You're the creepers. So there's this thing on TikTok. Oh, they know where this is going, right? You haven't seen this? Oh, Paula, come on. I'm, I'm, come on, Paula. There's this thing on TikTok where um, watermelon and mustard together. Oh, who, who just said, ah? Oh. And, and, and I, you know, when I first saw this, I was like, no way, Jose. Like, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And so then Sunday night, Mandy had watermelon for the teens, and we were back there, and I was like, let's do this. Now, this week, I will post that video. I purposely held it back from y'all this week, so you wouldn't see this coming today. Um, so, guys, pick your, pick your piece of watermelon and there's napkins if you want to hold a napkin under it. I don't know. And in fact, you can eat one piece if you just need to. There's your napkin. To prove that it's, it's just good. 
All right, are y'all ready? No, no way. Because I want you to get the full effect of this. All right, on the count of three. One, two, three. Do it, Dalton. Do it, Dalton. What do you think? Right? People, I don't even know how to explain this to you. It works. It doesn't work that much. <laughs> no. I have two videos. I have two videos on TikTok. One of the initial, and you're going to see my strange face of going, I don't understand this. The second video is me having lunch this week, having watermelon, and mm, it works. I'm just telling you. Dalton, seriously? <laughs> You're the teen, and you didn't even do it. All right, is there anybody brave enough? Come on, adults. Come, there you go, Miss Dorothy. Grab you a fork. I'll let you pick your piece. You'll at least prove to them it's not going to kill them. It, it makes no sense. I'm just telling you. It, it's not... It, it makes no sense... It's just not what you think it should be. Like, thank you guys, and thank you for being... Oh, Dorothy's just going to sit up and eat, eat while I... while I, I got you. Dorothy, you want to take it back? I should have brought you a bowl, Dorothy. You could have took it back with you. Look, it makes no sense, I promise. Like, as I watched this on... TikTok, time after time, there would be some people, oh, this ain't bad, you know, and then there would be people like, oh, no, 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 no. And so, like, one of my friends on TikTok, she's like, don't do this. And I was like, thank you for being honest, because somebody had to, you know. So when I did this the other night, and you'll see this week when I post this video, I'm just, like, so confused. Like, because my brain is screaming, watermelon and mustard don't work. But my taste buzz was like... But it does. And it, it, you know, I think my phrase in the video was, it ain't bad. <laughs> like it really, I mean, it's not what you think, right, Dorothy? I mean, like I only eat mustard on corn dogs or a sandwich or something. And you know, sometimes it becomes overpowering, like, you know, as you're dipping your corn dog. It somehow balances the acidity of the mustard. And if you, if you like salt on your watermelon, I promise you, you will like this. I promise you, you will like this. Now, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I don't know if Bo and Mandy are logged on this morning, but me and Mandy are watermelon mustard freaks together. Like, it's what we do now. Like, I can't imagine watermelon without mustard now. It's that crazy. So even though my mind says it shouldn't work, my taste buds go, but it does. 
You see, Paul was writing letters to the church in Corinth, and he was addressing many different issues. If you read the two letters that we have to the Corinthians, you're going to see several different problems in the church that he's addressing. And he starts out here in chapter 1, he's talking about the division that has happened in the church. Like, they're, they're fussing over, well, you know, this one's my pastor. Well, this is the guy that led me to Christ, and he's the one that told, you know. And he's like, whoa, 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 y'all are getting off the subject here. And so what he's trying to do, he's trying to bring them back to the heart of the church. And that's why in verse 18 that we started with, he said, the message of the cross, not who preached it to you, but the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. Some of your Bibles may say those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, we know it as the power of God. So what is the message that he's talking about? Simply the gospel message that God became incarnate. He came down as Jesus, born to the Virgin Mary. Remember we talked months ago about him coming off that mountain and coming down to us. And so he was the awaited Messiah, but then he led this life and died on the cross, a criminal's death, but was resurrected. And then he ascended back into heaven, leaving the Holy Spirit with us, and now we wait for Jesus to come back. That's the message of the cross that he said is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. So Paul is reminding the Corinth people that this is what joins us in unity. He's addressing that division. Because here's the deal. We know what that's like. We all have different opinions. We've had several um, funerals this last couple of weeks, and, and we were I was talking with someone about, might have been Leon that I was talking about, that, it does not offend me when people ask for another pastor to do their service because I understand full well that each of us get connected to a pastor. And, and that's okay. That's not offensive to me. And, and I've even had other pastors, though, say, man, I, I just feel bad because you're not, you know, leading the service. No, I, that's, in that moment, that's who that family has reached out to. I understand that. But see, the, the church in Corinth, they took it to extremes. And they were beginning to fight over who was the person that was more, you know, important. And, and then Paul's going, whoa, 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 whoa. The message of the cross. Doesn't matter who taught it to you. This is what connects us together. So to those who are not believing then, to those that have not accepted Christ, it is foolishness. They don't understand how it works. But to those of us being saved, church, to us, we know it's the power of God that makes it work. See, Corinth was this cosmopolitan city. It was this big city. It was a big trade route. And there was every kind of people and culture you could think of in this city. And so there was this heavy influence of the, the Greeks being there, because it's, it's there in, by Greece, but there's also the heavy influence of the Roman culture that had come in to take over. So think back, 
You know, all that stuff we forgot we learned in high school and maybe even college. Remember, remember learning all the Greek mythologies and the literature and the poetry and the things and the Roman sculptures and the beautiful art and that's Corinth. That is what we're talking about. Those things that we just needed to pass the class with was the culture they were living in. So with its cultural diversity, everybody's focused on wealth, the paganism, the different uh, religions that are here in this city, all the infamous debauchery because of the prostitution and the just, just city life. <laughs> Think about city life, going to New York or L.A., city life. So Corinth was not where you would expect the church to flourish. Didn't make sense. With all of this around them. So the message of the cross in a place like Corinth should be foolishness. But somehow it worked. Somehow it worked. And the church was actually growing and thriving in Corinth. And then I love verse 20. That phrase, using our foolish preaching. Using our foolish preaching, it said. And he's talking about, because in this place of Corinth, when you've got, again, think your Greek mythology, all of these great philosophers we studied in school, right? We read all those poems where we had to get the cheat sheets to understand what was going on in them because we didn't understand the language, right? All of this is happening. And so Corinth was filled with all these wise people of the day. All of these smart people. And yet this foolish preaching of this gospel about a God that came down and died a criminal's death was somehow supposed to set us free. That would not have made sense to all these educated philosophers. And again, Corinth is this mosaic of people, but Paul narrows in on the, the Greek and the Jews. Now, why is the preaching of the gospel so foolish? Let's look at what these two, because it said the Jews, it became a stumbling block for them. And you're like, but they're the ones looking for the Messiah. But it offended the Jews to call Jesus the Messiah. Deuteronomy 21 and 23, when you look at, at the law, it said that anyone that hung on a tree and died that criminal's death was cursed by God, according to the law. So this would have been the most offensive thing to a Jew to insinuate that this man that died on a tree was God himself. He can't be. Because it says in Deuteronomy, if you hang on a tree, you're cursed by God. So it can't, he can't be the Messiah. So this one verse is one place that the Jews nailed it down that this is not the Messiah. Because of that one. It didn't matter how many of the prophecies he fulfilled. They focused on that one thing. It also talked about the Jews were always looking for a big sign from heaven. 
And do you remember at one time Jesus even said the only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah. Three days in. And he'll come out again. Only sign you're going to get. But see, many uh, false prophets began to arise because if they could um, marvel them with these big, amazing signs, people would follow them. Church, we're still susceptible to that today. Hmm. If somebody can speak well enough or do something that just amazes us, we'll follow them in the name of Jesus without question. We see it time and time again when a ministry falls. Why? Because people will follow. We, we talked about this even last week, remember? That we talked last week about being distracted. When we're, when we're looking at the second coming of Christ, man, we are flipping our Bible and we're trying to figure out, man, everything in the news, it meets up to this. It, we're looking for a sign. But we said, Jesus said, live ready. Live ready. Like, yeah, the signs are there. I'm not discounting that. But just live ready. Because there's not going to be a sign when the day happens. Right? And so don't get distracted. Now, when Jesus came, it felt too simple to everybody. And you're like, hmm, hanging on that cross, that ain't so simple. No, but it it, it felt too simple. It wasn't like a grand entrance that they were expecting the Messiah. Because again, they had a different version. They thought this Messiah was coming to what? Take down the Romans. Right? They were looking for a military presence. Today we would call it a political presence. And that's not what Jesus came to do. In fact, he slipped in the back door and landed in the manger. (laughs) And only the shepherds knew what was going on. They missed it because they were looking for something grand. So the Jews were offended at this thought. That's why they thought it was foolishness. For this to be the Messiah. It can't be like this. So they, they missed Jesus. A lot of the Jews did miss Jesus. Because they developed their own thoughts. And we do that even in the church. As we study the scriptures. You and I. I mean, it's no different than reading any book. And, and we begin to form pictures. How many of you have ever read a book? And then they make a movie out of it. And then you go... Well, that ain't how I pictured it. You know, Brittany and I, we were, we were into the Hunger Games when they made that. And I was just so, I was, reading the book, I was a PETA fan. I was Team PETA all the way until the movie came out. And I went, no, that ain't PETA. And I had to change positions because I didn't like the actor anymore, right? Was I the only one on that one, by the way? Josh, poor Hutchinson, he's just too short. He couldn't be PETA. But see, we, we get that in our mind. And even now, as we're waiting for a second coming, we've got in our mind what we think it's going to look like. And we're going to miss it if we're not careful. If we're not just living ready with it. So then there was the Greeks. And you're like, well, it, it would make sense. They might not understand it. See, they just thought this was nonsense. This whole 
Messiah who died for us. And, you know, they did have an understanding of God, but they had this understanding of a God who he's up there. And he don't come down here and deal with us everyday people. Like, it just don't happen that well. I mean, you, you, you think about Greek mythology. Where, where does the God character stay, right? And then it gets messy, though, when they try to come down and mix with humans. So, so when it comes to God, that's nonsense. He don't come down to a human level. He doesn't have human emotions. And we know that God, he has joy. He has grief. He has sorrow and happiness. We saw Jesus cry, right? But they thought, no, God doesn't have emotions. The very idea of incarnation, of of God being man, was the most revolting thing to the Greeks. So it was nonsense. Uh, St. Augustine, uh, we, we often quote a lot of his stuff, and he was actually a great scholar before he became a Christian. And he said, when you're comparing Greek philosophy with our Christian beliefs, he said, a lot of it resembles. You can find almost everything we believe in the Christian faith somehow replicated in Greek philosophy, except the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You can't find that in the Greek philosophy. So Paul was saying, I know to the Greeks it's nonsense. It doesn't make sense. It would be impossible. And the Greeks, they sought wisdom, which included usually, you know, it meant intelligence. And and think about this. If you remember from school when we studied our Greek um, history and and you had to read all those long speeches they liked to make. It was always, it wasn't even that it made sense. And it might be the dumbest stuff we ever heard, but it sounded so pretty. (laughs) And that's really what Greeks were focused on. They like to hear themselves talk. (laughs) Sounds like some politicians sometimes, maybe. If you've ever watched a politician's speech and you go, what did he say? I don't know. But somehow it got everybody excited, (laughs) you know? So the literature, the poetry, you know, Greeks were intoxicated by by fine words, smooth talking. So for a Christian preacher to walk in with a blunt message seemed crude and foolish, uncultured. When they step in and start talking about this guy who died on a cross and he's supposed to be God and what? And no. You know, some might think that pastor today is foolish. I didn't dress up. I'm just in my my regular jeans. I'm in my... Oh, another thing TikTok taught me. Hey, dudes. Ladies, if you're looking for the most comfortable shoe ever, get you some hey, dudes. I'm just telling you. I, I don't jump on trends, but these are the most comfortable shoes I've ever wore in my life. And I'll tell you another TikTok trick. Take you some no-show socks to put on your your soul inside, and then it keeps them all clean and... You can take your sock. I'll, I'll talk to you afterwards, Dorothy. We'll, we'll talk. I know I'm doing it right if I got style like Miss Dorothy over here. I, I'm doing it. I'm just telling you. But for some people, they would walk in and go, that's your preacher? Really? You see, it's not about me, though. It's about the message I'm trying to teach and preach to you today. And that's the message of the cross. 
Because I can sit up here in a dress all day long and I can look pretty and it ain't going to save a single one of you. But if you can hear the message of the cross and believe in Jesus Christ, then your soul gets saved. That's what unites us. That's why every uh, church up and down this highway, we may look different, but we share the same message. That's what unites us as the big C church, the global church. But this foolishness, it said, is God's power. So the, the average mind can't make sense. Like we know there's even parts of, of the gospel and the Bible. We can't, that Trinity thing, I can't wrap my head around it. But it works. It works. And then Paul, he goes full circle for us. Verse 24, but to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And this foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. So he brings it all the way back to verse 18 again. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it's the very power of God. What the world says doesn't make sense. What my mind, watermelon and mustard doesn't make sense but it works. And what the world says doesn't make sense with Jesus Christ, what my mind can't seem to wrap around, my heart says it's true. To those of us that know Jesus, we know it's true. God came down, born of a virgin. The world tells me that's not possible. Science says impossible, but it happened. Jesus lived among the average person, the sinners. In fact, he got in trouble most of the time because he was hanging out with the sinners instead of hanging out with the, the church people, right? But it works. He died a criminal death on the cross. And the Jews say, man, if you hang on the tree, you must be cursed by God. Well, actually he was. Because he picked up every curse you and I have. And he took it to that tree. You see, what they thought disqualified him, qualified him. Because he did what you and I can't do. He rose from the grave? That don't happen. Right? And then he went back to heaven and now we've got him still lit. Wait, how does that work? We have the Holy Spirit inside of us? How does that work? I don't know, but it does. Because I feel the Holy Spirit every single day with me. In my darkest days, we have hope. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's there walking with us. Why? Because Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So even when he physically left this earth to go back to the right hand, he left the Spirit with us. I don't know how it works. But it works. And now he's coming back. Amen?
Do you believe that? We like to throw it up on Facebook that we do. But do you believe it? Are you living ready right now today? Because guess what? I told you last week, he's not putting it on Facebook when it happens. You've got to just live ready. Maybe that's today. Maybe that's 50 years from now. doesn't matter. Live ready. You know what else doesn't make sense? That simply by believing, by believing in Jesus, that he paid the price by repenting, by saying, not just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I stuck my hand in the cookie jar and then I'm going to stick my other hand when you're not looking again. No, that's not repenting. Repenting is, I'm sorry and I turn and I walk away. Simply by believing in Jesus, I get to spend eternity with God. I'm made right. Is it really that easy? It really is. It really, really is. Because salvation is free. But that don't make sense because my daddy always taught me, hello fathers, it's Father's Day. My daddy always taught me, you work hard for what you get. My daddy always taught me, you get what you pay for. I didn't pay for the salvation. That don't make sense. No, but it works. It works. A simple yes to God, and it works. But that's foolishness, BJ, because shouldn't I have to do something? Nope, because God already did through Jesus Christ. Now, does that change us? Jesus changes everything. Yeah, it's going to change you. But I promise it's going to be a good change. You know, watermelon and mustard. <laughs> Who do? I, I dare you. Before you leave, come, come try it. I'm just, I'm telling you. It works. Jason's still looking at me like, it don't work. It works. I can't explain it to you. Now, maybe not everybody's going to leave here and go, yep, I mustard always. But it does work. Like, I think I like that better than just plain salt even on it. It shouldn't work. This right here tells me, no, don't do it. But the taste buds told me it works. So it makes me wonder what other crazy combinations might work. You know, I might look at TikTok a whole different way now. I might, there's one I'm still doubting, and it's, it's pickles and peanut butter. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I'm ruining all your lunches, ain't I? But see, here's the deal. I was so sad against this. I really did it just to try to impress those teenagers Sunday. I thought, I know they know what this is. They've seen it. And you'll see my video this week, and they're telling me, no, Miss BJ, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But then it worked. And I couldn't explain it. <laughs> Jesus is talking to somebody today. And you're like, I don't know, it seems foolish to me. It seems too easy. Like, I know I should have to be doing something to earn it. 
Mm-mm. Believing in Jesus, salvation is that free. It really is. Will it change you? Oh, yeah, it will. But it works. You see, the enemy is telling you today it's foolishness. Why? Because he knows if you say yes to Jesus, it starts to change everything. And that scares him. He cannot stop you from saying yes to Jesus. Do not give Satan that power. He can't stop you. But man, he can try to scare you out of it. Don't do it because you know he's going to ask you to stop doing things. Like you already know what's spinning in your head that maybe as a true Christian, I probably should not be doing those things. That's just the Holy Spirit convicting us, not condemning us, convicting us to change something. I've had so many people tell me, and I had this same issue of, I don't know, I mean, I know I need Jesus, I want to go to heaven. Remember, we talked about this. You don't get to heaven without Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through me, says Jesus. You're like, I know, I know, I know. It may be some. No, 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 no. We're not guaranteed someday. And I'm not even talking about the second coming of Christ. I'm talking about when we leave here. You're not guaranteed the rest of this day. Again, not trying to scare you into heaven, just giving you the truth of the matter, okay? But BJ, if I say yes to Jesus, I absolutely know it's going to take all the fun out of things. Like, oh my goodness, when I was growing up, I could not wait to turn 21. I so wanted to go to Vegas and I wanted to gamble my little heart out. And Jesus got me first. Never got to pull that handle. But that's okay. You see, the enemy is telling you he's going to take all the fun. Do I look like I don't have fun, people? Do I? I have a whole lot of fun. And I've been a whole lot of places that I never would have went had I not followed Jesus Christ. We tell our kids all the time because they tell us, you know, thanks for the memories we made growing up. And we show them how those memories were all connected to something we did in the church. All the way to going to Disney. Because my daughter quizzed, she got into the general quiz, we had to go to Orlando for that, and I was like, you can't go to Orlando without going to Disney. And that boy from Wix back there was like, I'm not going to Disney. (laughs) I was like, oh yes you are, for our kids, you will. And I don't even know how many times we've been since then. And we're already planning the next trip, because my son's already said, you know, I'm graduating next year, Mama. You know what that means. Yes, sir, I know what that means. That means a trip to Disney. And we would have never done any of that without following Jesus Christ. So if you're hearing that voice saying, he's going to take the fun away from you, I promise that's a lie. I promise God has so many things he wants to do in your life. But here's the problem. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved... No, it's the very power of God. So my question to leave you with today, who's ready? Who's ready to try life differently? I just had to take one bite. And I could have went, ugh. Paige is probably going to go home and go, hmm. 
It's not going to be my snack of choice. She tried it. Who wants to be brave enough to just say yes to Jesus today? For more than just your salvation, by the way. Don't, in my letter this week, I wrote, don't live waiting. In other words, don't just live life waiting to someday be in heaven. Live life ready and live heaven today and follow your Savior today. Because I promise it changes you, it changes your whole family, and it will change this community. Because the cross is the power of God through Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning, church. These altars are open. I promise not to feed you watermelon and mustard if you come. (laughs) But I also promise that if you will come and say yes, it changes everything. Don't leave here today unless you've done that. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and, and Father, it's a different message as it always is, but God, I know that we heard your word in here. And I know even for those sitting in this room or watching online, the message of the cross seems like foolishness. One, it can't be that easy, but it is. Or two, it just seems so scary that I don't know if I'm ready for that change. Oh, it'll work. What if I regret it? I don't think you will. Lord, I pray for someone here today that is needing to say, yes, Lord. First of all, yes to Jesus. I believe that you came, that you lived a life here on this earth, that you died that sinner's death for me. God, I'm sorry that I've been just living life the way it pleases me. And I say yes today. I need a Savior. Because, God, I do want to get to you someday. But, God, I want to live that life today. Maybe someone in here today, you you said yes to Jesus but you haven't been living ready. And maybe you're ready to step out and try something different today. Say yes to Jesus. Father, thank you for being patient with us. Thank you that you are patient because it is your desire that no one should miss this opportunity. Your desire is for all of us to come to Jesus. And Father, as we leave here today, we, we that have this message of the cross, Lord, let us be bold enough to share it with others outside of this room. The people we come in contact with every day and every week, let us be bold enough to live a life that they see you. And let us be prepared to just answer the questions they may have. And Father, may it begin to change the families. We thank you today on a Father's Day. We thank you for the men in our life. Sometimes, fathers, it's not biological. Sometimes we have spiritual dads as well that have showed us how to live, that have showed us Jesus Christ, and we give thanks for those fathers as well. Father, as we leave here today with that thought, we give thanks to you the one true Father that we have. And you're a good, good Father. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. And now may we leave this place and be your witnesses to go and make Christ-like disciples. In Jesus' name, amen.
Church family, have a good blessed day. You're welcome to come up and try a little watermelon with mustard if you want to. And go be a blessing to someone else. Have a good day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved. Thank you.